Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Malachi chapter 3 that we read during that time of reading. The Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yea, ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and offering. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have been for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall be no that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and I shall and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Now this verse of the scripture, if you have spent some time in the church or you have been involved in watching any of these televangelists, you will probably at one point in time have seen, have heard about this particular verse. This, anyone who has spent time in the church will have heard it. And anytime we are talking about tithes and offering, this is where, this is the go-to verse. Okay? Now, from this verse of the scripture, you will notice one thing about tithes and offering. One thing you find is that tithing is a command of the Lord. Okay? The Bible says, bring in all the tithe into the storehouse. So it's not an opinion. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Number two, tithe belongs unto God. The Bible says, will a man rob God? You cannot rob me of what is not my own. So the Lord is saying, will a man rob God? You have robbed me. And you say, why? How, how did I rob you? He said, because you have robbed me in, the, in tithe and in offering. So it belongs to the Almighty God. Number three, not paying the tithe is considered robbery by the, by, in the Bible. In other words, if you don't give it, the Lord believes that you are robbing from him. This is what belongs to me, and if you don't give it to me, you are robbing. Will a man rob God? So tithe is, you know, when not paying tithe, in the Bible, is considered to be robbery. Now, tithing, uh, you know, tithing is one of the things that is consistent with all churches, okay? Very consistent with all churches. Regardless of their denomination affiliation, tithing has been one of the points of agreement in the church. However, there are those who see tithing, you know, who see tithe as a magic formula. Okay, you don't want to worry about being holy, you don't want to worry about prayer, you don't want to worry about living a life that is pleasing unto God. All you have to do is write your 10% check, give it to God, and the Lord is a magician, they will multiply it for you. That is the way some people see it. They believe that all they have to do is pay their tithe, and God will miraculously begin to throw money at them. Okay, they see it as a scheme where they drop their 10% and God multiplies it. And when, I, I mean, why waste your time leaving the biblical restriction when all you need to do is just pay the tithe and God blesses you? Okay. Why do you have to live right? Why do you have to pray? Why do you have to do all those things? So those are, there are some people that see it like that. There are those who see tithing as a scheme designed by the church and the pastors to get rich. Okay? I mean, it's a wonderful scheme. You gather a group of people together. You tell them that all they have to do is to write a check of 10% of their income every month. And they keep supplying the money. That's why you have a lot of churches. There are some who believe that. And they poo-poo the church because they believe that, yes, the pastor and the, and the ministries are making money out of their people. Okay? But the interesting thing is that they expect the church to run efficiently. You don't want to pay the time, but you want the electricity to be on. 
You don't want to pay the tithe, you want the AC to run very well. You don't want to pay the tithe, you want this place to be clean. You want to see yourself on Facebook. You want to see yourself on Twitter. You want all these things to happen. These things don't happen by action. They don't happen by magic. Okay? They don't happen by that. That's what there was, there's a thing that we used to say back home. We said the gospel is free, but it costs money to be able to deliver it. Okay, so there are people who believe that tithing is what is a scheme that comes, you know, that uh, that is uh, that is made up by the minister, by the by the by the, uh, the, the prosperity preacher, and they and they believe that God has a secret window in the church whereby He opens and He pours down money. And if you read Malachi, it's there. He said, "I will open the windows of heaven and pour it down." So they believe that there's a window of heaven in the pastor's office, so that they don't need to pay tithe. God will just open that window and pour money down. The Lord has been faithful; He has opened a secret window for us, and the Lord has been good to us. But that is another view of some people. But there is another view. Some people complain, you know. Some people there are other people who believe that tithing is in the Old Testament. And because this is in the Old Testament, it has no place in the New Testament. Okay? That is, uh, they, be, they contend that Christians do not have to pay tithes. The reason is because they believe that the New Testament does not command us to pay tithes. But they also forget that the New Testament also did not say don't pay tithes. Abi? The New Testament did not say pay tithes. The New Testament did not say do not pay tithes. The New Testament is silent. It's just like when you take your car to the back here, to the, to, 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 to the garage, and you say, I need a tune-up. And the guy looks at the car, and he begins to say, okay, this guy needs an oil change. This guy need a, he needs a new tire. This guy needs a new, uh, what do you call it, uh, a new water pump. He needs to be, and then he spruces up your car. Your car is looking good. And by the time you come back, he gives you a check of $2,000. And he says, what happened? I only wanted a tune-up. And he says, yes, I, that's why I gave you all this, and I take care of your car. But I never told you so, but you never told me not to. So the Bible, they want to argue that the Testament does not say you should pay tithe. But the Testament, the New Testament didn't even say you shouldn't pay tithe. Okay? So that is number one. They say we should not pay tithe because tithing is not a standard of giving in the New Testament. But they never tell you the standard of the New Testament. Number three, they say we should not pay tithe. They say Christians should not pay tithe because it's a part of the laws of Moses. And believers are not under the law. But they forget that Abraham paid tithe. And Abraham came before the law. Okay, and Jesus Christ Himself also talked about paying tithes. If you read the scriptures very well, tithing is not, you know, they say that tithing is an involuntary tax to support Israel and believers are not part of the, the theocratic nation. But that is not only biblically false, it is also factually wrong because the tithe is not supposed to support the nation of Israel, it's used to support the Levites and the people that work in the temple. So they say that we should not pay tithe because they say it is burdensome for some people. How can you write a whole 10%? But one thing is that if you say it is 1%, somebody will complain. It's just like when they say there's only one way to heaven. Somebody say, why would you say there's only one way to heaven? It's too restrictive. If you, give, if you say it's a thousand way to heaven, somebody will complain. Why not 1,001? <laughs> so, no matter how much you say, somebody will have an issue. Not only that, they say we should not pay tithe because it is not mentioned in any instruction of the church. Do you know when you pick up this particular bulletin, there's an order of service? If you read the Bible, you will not see order of service in there. Does that mean we should not have order of service in the church? That is just a question. So these are some of the things that people come up with to say that we should not pay tithe. But one thing you want us to understand that there are so many views, so many opinions about paying tithe. But here at Lifelong Anointing Church, we believe that the Bible, which is the Word of God, is made up, is made up of both the Old and the New Testament. And we take it as a whole. Number two, we believe that your conviction, whether you pay tithe, whether you live a holy life, whether you pray, whether you read the scripture, must be driven by conviction. 
The Bible says whatever is not done of faith is a sin. In other words, whatever you do and you are not convinced and you are doing it because somebody said so, I tell you honestly that somebody will come one day and talk you out of that thing. If somebody can talk you into faith, somebody can also talk you out of it. If somebody talks you into tithing, somebody can talk you out of tithing. It has to be based, whatever you believe, has to be based on conviction. And that is why we tell people that whatever you practice here has to be something that you are convinced about. You have to be sure about it. And then, five, and then number four, tithing is biblical and relevant today. Just as it was before in the days of old, it is, it is still today. Because the Bible said God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't change his mind because you don't like what he said. The word of God stands forever. The Bible said that for, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And then finally, Titan is a spiritual principle that God uses to bless his people. And that is why all you have to do is key into it. And you will see God work on your behalf. There are people who have given testimonies about how Titan works for them. I remember we, in our earlier days when Sister Josephine gave us a particular testimony concerning this particular issue. What we are saying is that Titan is a spiritual principle that God uses to bless his people. So why it is true that God does not, you know, that why it is true that God uses Titan to bless his people. While it is true that the church, the churches, you know, churches and ministers have abused Titan and offering. While it is also true that they are no longer, we are no longer under the Old Testament law but we are under grace we must not forget that the purpose of grace which is to help us live for God do, and do the things that God wants us to do is, is, is still very much is still very much effective when it comes to the issue of tithing in Romans chapter 8 reading from verse 4 the Bible tells us that Jesus came that the righteous that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us not so that we might altogether dismiss it the purpose of Jesus Christ coming is that the righteousness of the law will now become effective in your life. The things that people could not do by their own power. When Jesus died, he gave you the ability and he empowered you through the spirit to be able to carry it out. And Romans chapter 3, if you start reading from verse number 21, the Bible tells, talks about how we have righteousness through faith and not through following the law. But if you read verse 31 of that verse of the scripture, the Bible tells us there, it says, Do we then make void the law through faith? And the Bible said, no. On the contrary, we establish the law by our faith. In other words, the way you live your life, trusting the Almighty God, establishes the things that have been declared by in the law. So, what we find, so you see that the fact that now is that the fact that we are under grace does not mean that you ignore the law. God's grace gives you the power, not only to obey God, but also to be able to fulfill His promises in your life. And that's why God's grace is what gives you the ability to be able to be faithful to the principle of tithing. Now, half and good, you know, I've just done that to be able to set the stage. So this morning I want to talk about, just give you a quick overview of what it means to tithe and the blessings that are associated with it. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 27. Reading from verse number 30, the Bible tells us there, we're trying to talk about tithing. And all the tithes of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. In other words, the word tithe means tent. And the Bible is simply saying that the tenth part of your increase belongs to God. 
In other words, you make your money, you divide it into 10 different portions. One portion of it belongs to the Lord. The intention is to be able to use to sanctify the rest of it. We'll get to that as we move along. So, you know, now the practice is not something that was started today. The practice of the tithing is not something, like I said the other time, invented by the prosperity preacher. No. Tithing started even before the law. Genesis chapter 14. Reading from verse number 20, the Bible tells us there, that the blessed be the most high God, which had delivered an enemy into thy hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. This is talking about Abraham. After going to war, and he paid tithe to Melchizedek. So, and if you look at him... You see the same, you will see that Titus started, you know, before the law through Abraham and it continued under the law in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the time of Moses. Leviticus 27 that we read a few minutes ago, it said, All the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. And we also see the same practice done in the book of uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy 14, reading from verse number 22, the Bible tells us there, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field brings forth year by year. So it's not something you do and do it one day and stop. It's something you do continually. Tithing is also practiced during the time of the kings. In Second Chronicles chapter 31, reading from verse number 5, the Bible says, As soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in an abundance of the fruit of the first fruit of coin, of wine, of oil and honey, and all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things brought day in abundance. If you look at the book of Nehemiah, when they, even the children of Israel were in, they, you know, when they were displaced out of their land, they were still practicing the issue. They were still practicing this particular principle. Nehemiah 13, reading from verse number 28, 37, sorry, Nehemiah 10, reading from verse number 37, the Bible says, And that we should bring the first fruit of our dough and our offering, and the fruit of all the manners of trees and of wine and of oil, unto the priest, to the chambers of the house of our God, and the tithe of our ground unto the Levite, and the same Levite might have the tithe in all the cities of our tillage. And we all know that special verse in the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Where it says bring the tithe, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. But that is just the Old Testament. Some may argue. What about in the New Testament? Matthew chapter 23. Reading from verse number 23. The Bible tells us there. Jesus was talking about the, talking about the Pharisees. He said, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay tithes of mint and anise and cummins. And have omitted the weightier matter of the law. Judgment, mercy and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave others undone. In other words, Jesus is not criticizing the issue of tithing. Jesus is not saying that they should not tithe. Jesus was actually against their hypocrisy. Jesus was saying that you emphasize tithing. But what about emphasizing mercy? What about emphasizing love? What about em- emphasizing the things that other, other, t- other aspects of the, or, or, of the, of the, of the way to walk with God. So if you look very closely at that verse number 20, it says, This ought ye to have done and not leave the other. In other words, don't do one and leave the other. Don't tithe and forget to take care of the poor. Don't tithe and forget to show mercy. Don't tithe and forget to and forget to be loving to other people. But pay tithe and do what you are supposed to do as a believer. In other words, be a holistic Christian. Our Lord is saying that paying tithe is not all on its own. You have to be able to practice also the way matter of the law instead of just ignoring them and focusing on tithing. So Jesus was not against tithing. 
When people say that there's no titan in the New Testament, there's an example. Another example you'll find in the book of in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter seven, reading from verse number five, the Bible tells us there. It says, "And verily that they are the sons of Levi who lead, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take the tithe of the people according to the law, that is of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham." The writer of Hebrew is still talking about tithing even in the New Testament. So the argument that Christians should not pay tithe because it's not spoken about in the New Testament, this one already debunks it. So, tithing, so you will see that tithing started in the days of Abraham. It continues in the time of the law, in the time of Moses. It was practiced by the prophet and it is evidence that our Lord Jesus Christ and other New Testament uh, writers did not ignore the, the issue of tithing. So it's something that is central. Now that we have seen the progression of tithing from the Old and New Testament, the question is, why do we tithe? Why do you tithe? Why does a Christian wake up in the morning after going to work and working very hard? Maybe you get your pay every week or every two weeks or every month. After doing all this, why would you write out 10% of that particular income and send it to a church? Why would you do that? Like I said a time earlier on, tithing is a command of the Lord. Number two, all tithings belong to the Lord. Number three, why we pay tithe is to make provision for the house of God so that you can sit comfortably, so that we can enjoy what we enjoy right now. We pay tithe to support the ministers of God. And just a quick disclaimer, I don't receive any, any, any uh, what do you call it, any salary from this church. So, <laughs> but the idea is to be able to support the ministers of God. And then why do we tithe? We tithe to bless the people of God. There are people in the midst of the people, there are people that come to church that sometimes they need assistance, they need help. And it is, it is from this particular uh, resources that the church has that is how the church ministers not only to members of the church but to the people within the community we pay tithe to teach that God must be our first priority if you do not recognize God as your first priority it will be very difficult for you to pay tithe I tell people, some people will say oh, when I make a lot of money I will start paying tithe it is a lie if you cannot pay tithe on a hundred dollars you will not be able to pay tithe on a thousand you will not be able to pay tithe on a ten thousand you will not be able to pay tithe on a hundred thousand if you cannot pay on $100 or even $10, if you cannot pay tight on it, you will not be able to pay it. But that's a story for another day. But it teaches us, we pay tight so that it teaches us to know God as our first priority. Why do we pay tight? We pay tight so that it teaches us that God owns everything. Psalm 24 verse 1 tells us, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Okay? The Lord God Almighty owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's what one preacher said. But he said that you have to bring those cattle into church by bringing the money here. You can't go to the cattle to be, can't go to the field to be looking for it. But that's a story for another day. So it teaches us that God owns everything. It also teaches us that our source of wealth belongs is from the Almighty God. The Bible says, "I will lift up my head unto the hills. From where comes my help? My help comes from the Almighty God. The Lord is the source of all hell, of all our wealth." If you read Deuteronomy chapter eight, reading from verse number eighteen, it says, "But." Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he has swore unto thy father as it is this day. In other words, it is the God that gives you the power to make to get wealth. And you can only get tap into that power when you are able to give, you know, when you are when you are faithful to pay your tithe. Now that we have gone over what tithe is all about, what about offering? What about offering? What is offering? We often hear about tithe and offering together. Okay? Mentioned together in the church. Some people think that they are synonymous, but they are not. 
Tithe is different from the offering. Even the name suggests that it's different. Okay? So tithe and offering are often mentioned together, but they, in the Bible they are mentioned separately. So what is an offering? An offering, if you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us there, every man according to, according as he has purposed in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of a necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. From this verse of scripture, you see that offering is something that we give willingly. Okay, something that we give willingly, something that we offer willingly. Offerings are things that you search your heart and decide to give beyond your tithe. It is not something that replaces your tithe, it's something that you give beyond your tithe. With offering, God gives you the discretion, God gives you your allowance to be able to bring the amount that you feel that you that you are prompted in your spirit to release unto him. Offerings are based on your own desire, are based on your own willingness to release the things. Tithing, you have no option. Offering, you have the option. Okay? So that is the main difference. And the distinct Different between the tithe, between tithe and offering is not only in the language but in the spirit behind it, okay, and in the purpose behind each of the offering. The purpose of offering in most cases is to show thanks when you are when you are grateful for what God has done for you. You say, Lord, I use this as a thanksgiving offering. It's also to show praise, just to say, I thought, I Lord, I thank you for your protection and your provision. It's also to show appreciation for the love of God for the things that you enjoy. It's also a way to show or to pay tithes. So many people come to church and they say, Lord, if you answer this prayer, or if you give me this job, or if you do this for me, I will bring an offering of XYZ to you. So offering sometimes is used to pay for our vow. Now, the difference between tithe and offering are identified. You know, there are different types of offering that are identified in the scripture. I'm going to just do a quick rundown of these particular types of offering. You have what is called the free will offering. This is an offering that was given voluntarily for the work of the Lord. There is also what is called the peace offering, which is given to express thanks to the Lord. There is what is called the bond offering, which is, you know, just a quick caution here. Bond offering is not what you do in the kitchen when you are learning how to cook. Okay? So that is no burnt offering. <laughs> I just have to put that one in there. When I saw that burnt offering, I said, okay, this is a good line to put that one. But anyway, burnt offering is not what you do in the kitchen. Burnt offering is, is, burnt offering was, is what that is performed to atone for the sins of the people. And then you have what is called the sin offering, which is offered, made by worshippers of unintended weaknesses and failure. And then what you have is what's called, there's another one called the trespass offering. And then there's what is called the drink or the grain offering. Now, I mentioned all those ones to tell you the amount of offerings that were taking place in the Old Testament. But please understand that in the New Testament, the emphasis is not what you bring. It's not about the things that you bring to God. It's about you presenting yourself unto the Almighty God. Okay? The emphasis is not the amount of money you bring or the things you bring to church. Those things are important, but what God is really interested about in the New Testament is because Christ already has been, is a, is, a, is a complete sacrifice that has been offered for us. So today, in the New Testament church, the emphasis is on what you yourself, you yourself presenting yourself to the Almighty God. And that was what Paul was talking about in the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, reading from verse number 1, the Bible says, in the New Testament, you know, the Bible tells us there. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, as good as your money is in the church, as good as your time is in the church, as good as your resources is, is, is in the church, what is most important in the New Testament church is you presenting yourself to the Almighty God. 
Because if you have not presented yourself to the Almighty God, I tell you the amount of money you bring, the church will benefit from it, but will not yield this increase unto you. In other words, if you are coming to the church and you are not yet saved, you are coming to the church and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are coming to church and you are still living in active sin, you are coming to church and you are still living a life that is not glorifying the name of the Lord, you can give tithe, we will take it, we need the money. You can give your time. We will take it because we need people to help us out. But the blessings that accompany those blessings, that, that accompany those time, the blessings that accompany those offerings, the blessings that accompany those services, you might not be able to reap from it. Because the Lord is saying, present yourself. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. In other words, not just coming to church and say, I present myself. It has to be holy. It has to be righteous. Because the Bible tells us that your body is the temple of the living God. Your body is where the spirit of the almighty God lives. And you have to present it to the almighty God as a holy vessel. And that is the only time you can get the benefit of it. In other words, if you have given to, if you have not given your life to Christ, your tithe and your offering will not do you much good. I remember we did a seminar some time ago. It's almost 10 years now. And a preacher came, you know, I invited you, know, we, we, we invited some people to come and preach. And for those of us who, for those of us who have been with us for a while, we started as a, as a, as a, uh, I, we started doing seminars in the, in the local area here. So a minister of God came and he was talking about, it was time to get offering. He said, yes, if you don't give money, you will not go to heaven. Da, 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 da. And he was saying all those things. Ah! Eventually when it was done, I came back to the pulpit and I said, yes, ministers always have this zeal. We always like to motivate people. But I tell you something, if you give me a million dollars today, I will take it. But if you are not born again, it will not do you any good. This guy was just pissed that I came and I destroyed, you know, I turned everything around. But the point I'm making is this. As much as possible, it is the joy of every preacher not to have to come and ask for money. It is the joy of every preacher to have the money, every money that the church needs. But it's also a greater joy of the preacher to see that people are actually living for God because they have committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This sermon is useless if people are not saved. This sermon is useless if they have no relationship with the Almighty God. Whatever money we keep in the bank is useless if on the last day Jesus looks at us and tells us, get away from me, I don't even know you. So that is where I want us to put our attention in. Focus your attention on God. I remember having a conversation a very long time ago with one of my spiritual mentors. And we're talking about this issue of tithing. And I told him, I said, from my own reading of the scripture, please tell me if I'm wrong. From my reading of the scripture, if you don't pay tithe, you will not go to hell. Okay? If you don't pay your tithe, you are not going to go to hell. Because the Bible tells us very simply that if so ever believe in the name of the Almighty God shall be saved. It never says, whosoever believe in the name of the Lord, shall be, whosoever pay their tithe shall be saved. It didn't say that. Okay? It is good to pay your tithe because it opens the blessings of God for you. But if you don't pay, the worst that will happen to you is that the devourer will come, eat all your money, you live in poverty and everything, but you will go to heaven. Okay? And you have the option of either going to heaven like, a, like, 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 like an Abraham or go to heaven like a Lazarus. That's the option. But the point we are making is that tithing is not the source of your salvation. That's the point I'm trying to make. Titan does not make you go to heaven. Titan does not save your soul. Titan does not do those things for you. What Titan does is that it assures you of the divine pres- of the divine provision. It opens the, ble- the gate of blessing unto you. But for you to sustain that gate of blessing, for you to maintain the door, for you to maintain the presence of the Almighty God, so that you continue to enjoy the blessings of God, you need to be rightly aligned with the Almighty God. And that comes through salvation. So please get that. 
Jesus said the same thing, you know, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10. Reading from verse number 21, Jesus, you know, talking about this rich young ruler. Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. And people have seen this, and Jesus hate, Jesus hate more uh, millionaires. They see this video, verse of the scripture, and say, Jesus doesn't like people who are rich. And there are people who believe it that yes, well, if you want to go to heaven, you have to be poor. That is not true. What Jesus is saying that this guy, the money has held up his heart. And he's saying, give it, release it, and then come to me, and then you have a greater riches. But that's a story for another day. In other words, your heart must be right with the Almighty God for your tithes to mean anything. Your, tithe, your heart must be right with God. The question then is, why does, you know, why does this issue of tithe and offering, this principle of tithe and offering, why does it work? Why does it work? Tithe and offering works because they are essential part of the blessings of, of the covenant blessing of prosperity. It's an avenue that God has opened for his people to say, I'm going to use this avenue to bless you. That's why it works. Tithe works because it's an immutable principle. In other words, it's a principle that cannot be broken. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, president, shaking together. If you do it, it will be because that is what the law, the Lord has set it in motion. And because it has gone in motion, anybody who taps into it will always benefit from it. Tithes and offering works because they operate on the principles of sowing and reaping. In other words, if you sow it, you will reap it. If you release it, it will come back unto you. If you keep holding on to you, it will not multiply. So it works because it operates on the principle of sowing and reaping. Not only that, tithe and offering works because it responds to the divine order. It responds to the word of the Almighty God. The Lord says, there are very few places where the Lord tells you to test Him. But this is one of the areas where the Lord God Almighty said, He said, prove me. Just test me and see if it will not, you know, if what I'm telling you is not true. I remember when I was still very young, you know, very young in this business of preaching. I was invited to preach somewhere. And to tell you my zealousness that day, to tell you that these things work, I told the people that if I were the pastor of that church, I would ask them to write their name on their money before they put it down. And we would keep that money for six, for three months. Don't touch it. We won't deposit in the bank. We'll just keep their money in a place. And we'll ask them to pray just one prayer that day. And if the Lord does not hear your prayer, come back and take your money. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.